a lot of the media that is produced and consumed is without substance. Much of the food that is sold is nothing more than sodium and sugar. To those listening now, our literal, physical, emotional, and our psychological gas tanks are almost, if not completely, empty. It isn't really about the debate of the cup being half full or half empty. The cup is just empty. To those who may feel empty, I've got a word of replenishment on this episode of A Word with Anthony Walker. Empty. Adjective. Containing nothing. Not filled or occupied. One of the first times I heard the phrase empty calories, I was about to eat something. Given my understanding of emptiness and recently learning what calories were, my mind couldn't grasp this new concept. Most people think that calories are in and of themselves bad. Actually, they're just a standard of measurement. We don't think inches are bad unless we're measuring the unwanted inches we want to lose. Think of calories as cups. Again, a cup isn't good or bad until we consider its content. So when you look at the label of that bag of chips or that drink you're about to guzzle down, what's really in it? Unfortunately for most of us who indulge in junk food, most of the calories are filled with high fructose corn syrup, sodium, and chemical fillers. In short, simple sugars, preservatives, and processed foods. So what's the big deal? Our bodies are designed to be well-oiled machines that work to carry us from place to place for works of service and also to break down our foods. Well, when we give our body a simple sugar or a processed food that virtually dissolves once it hits our stomach, no effort is utilized to break it down. Over time, our bodies shut down the systems that work to break down our food. In time, we work less and feel more and feel more and feel more. And then, well, here come the cups and here come the inches. But if you give your body an apple that has some complex carbohydrates and fiber, these calories are filled with ingredients that your body has to work to break down. In addition, the apple gives you some vitamins and minerals that aid the health of your body. So much substance packed into those calories. Much of the prepackaged, frozen, salty, or sweet delicacies that we put before ourselves to devour are filled with unsubstantial or empty calories. They play on the extreme notes of our taste buds that tickle certain parts of the pleasure centers of our brains. And that's just our food. When we consider the rest of what we consume, I'm sad to say, but much of it is empty calories as well. For some, 
It's obvious why we feel empty. But for others, perhaps even you, you may wonder to yourself why you feel empty. I've observed a few reasons that might give some insight. Primarily, I believe we're empty or feel empty because we consume emptiness. Just as I described with our caloric intake, a lot of it is just empty. I know, I know, who has time to cook these days? Or who wants to cook these days? Those may be valid questions that point to the reason why we grab the quick and easy-to-fix meals. I've shared before that at this stage in our culture, we're just full of stimuli. So everything is to the extreme. Music and media now reminds me of chocolate Easter bunnies. As a child, I recall getting my first big chocolate Easter bunny. In my mind, I'm thinking about how much I love chocolate, and based off the size of this Easter bunny, this is going to be some good, sweet eating. I took a bite into the ear and almost cracked a tooth. It was just hollow, emptiness inside. It's tough to find music now with real story, deep lyrics, and real instruments. It's so full of innuendos and hidden agendas that the art is lacking. And here's the kicker. It sounds good and it sells good. The TV shows that I watched as a kid had a message. Now they just have an agenda. They once had pearls of wisdom and life lessons. Now just catchphrases and punchlines. I recall the first time I saw the credits of a so-called reality show that had writers. Those shows are as real as the Rolexes on street corners sold in New York. You used to have to have soul, style, and substance in order to be known. Now, a good surgeon and a viral video gets you a million followers. Remember, as it is with our food, marketers know that the salacious, the sensual, the sexual, and the substance-free tickles certain pleasure senses in our brains. A part of our emptiness is because we're attracted to it. I'll be the first to tell you, Doritos taste better than kale chips. The glitz and glamour draws in the eye. But the deception is this. We want the results without the requisites. We want the mountaintop experience without actually climbing mountains. And for what purpose? So that we can post on social media the image from the top? Why? Because even that nudges the little person inside of us that wants others to think more highly of us because reasons. The social media experience can be as empty as that Easter bunny I described earlier. It portrays an unreality that many aspire to achieve. Everyone is smiling unless they're taking a fashion blank stare pose. 
Everyone has a new car. Everyone just bought a new house. They're out on the town enjoying a brunch so delectable that they had to take a picture of it. And don't forget dinner. They went to the theme park again. And you've been sitting there for the last hour missing out on life while fantasizing about the false reality of their post of only highlights. Perhaps we want to be there because we struggle with being here. We're attracted to the hollow, empty, shiny lifestyles of the rich and famous. Famous tennis star Boris Becker was at the pinnacle of the tennis world, but also on the brink of suicide. He once shared, I had won Wimbledon twice once as the youngest player. I was rich. I had all the material possessions I needed. It's the old song of movie stars and pop stars who commit suicide. They have everything, and yet they are so unhappy. I had no inner peace. I was a puppet on a string. Becker had all the trappings of what appears to be success. But to his point, he had no filling. Fame and fortune are attractive to most, but by themselves, they are just eye candy. And the sad part is when we look at the lengths that people will go for fame and fortune. This leads to another level of emptiness that is troubling for our society. We celebrate warriors and victors, not just for winning, but also how they won. We consider the challenges, the injuries they had to overcome, the lack of resources and help they had to do without, and the length of time they had to endure. These are often the mark of champions. The problem is that for some, we equate winning with harsh suffering and working on a deficit. And yes, while we may have a night or two with a lack of sleep or a couple of days that we don't eat as well, this should not be the pattern or requisite for success. In my vocation, depression, insomnia, and health issues plague many pastors and ministers. This is primarily due to the image of the expectations of what we're supposed to be. Those expectations are held by parishioners and pastors. He's expected to be in a good mood, always on call, the virtual image of Christ, and have a home run of a sermon or class each week. While those expectations may seem reasonable to some, they're actually unhealthy and unrealistic. If he tries to be in a good mood and smile when he's hurting, he's faking, which means he has to lose some authenticity in order to appear happy. If he tries to be on call all the time, he sacrifices rest, health, and even relationships. If he tries to be the commercialized, consumer-friendly Christ, again, he's sacrificing authenticity as well as authenticity to the Word of God. Christ sometimes said no, 
Christ sometimes had to pull away to rest and to pray, even in times inconvenient for disciples. If we try to have a home run message, and by home run message, I mean a message that gets the celebration that an actual home run gets in the ballpark, a message that would sound good and go down easy, a message that wouldn't prick hearts and cause uncomfortability, a message that would make us feel good about ourselves. At this point, he's emptying himself of all that the call of ministry demands. He arrives home empty of himself, empty of his values, empty of his convictions, tired, hungry, yet with the makeup of happiness still on his face. But if the church is growing numerically and he makes it another week, unfortunately, this kind of ministry is celebrated because of the sacrifice. Then the next generation uses this as a template. If you're not pulling up to the building on E, emotionally empty, authentically empty, stomach empty, gas tank empty, but determined to save the world, you probably aren't doing it right. Mm-mm. No, ma'am, and no, sir. And this even happens to those who are not pastors or ministry leaders. The medical world, the business world, the corporate world is full of individuals who are empty, celebrated for their emptiness, and expected to succeed. Running on E is not the mark of excellence. It is a mark of exhaustion and emptiness. And just like your car's gas tank and your phone's battery, we need to be refilled. It starts with our consumption. What we consume must be filling. The older generation would say, you need to eat some real food, food that will stick with you. It took them waking up at the crack of dawn to prepare it, but they prepared substantial breakfast, pancakes, sausage, eggs, potatoes, grits, and orange juice. Now, keep in mind, I'm aware that all of these aren't the healthiest choices, but they're a whole lot more substantial than the three-second zap of a Pop-Tart. Changes in diet can help us to be filled with nutrition and help our bodies to work for us. This includes the diet of other things we consume. What we read, what we watch, what we listen to are all a part of this diet. Is what you eat just filling or is it fulfilling? Does what you consume challenge you a little bit? Does it cause you to have to think critically in order to understand it? You need to read things that challenge you. Occasionally, I read books written by authors that write on a deep cognitive level. Sometimes I'm only able to read a page or two because I have to process it. I surround myself with deep thinkers. Deep thinkers have deep conversations. Sometimes I have to tell them, hold on, let me get my shovel. Remember, 
changing consumption habits begins to refill some empty areas in our lives. We can, through habit and intentionality, adjust the pleasure sensors of our brains. Over time, you will begin to notice the emptiness you were consuming, and you'll actually crave things that replenish and refill your life. While we're making these changes, we need to change how we look at success and service. Our cars are machines capable of doing many tasks, primarily providing transportation. But when we look under the hood, we notice that there isn't just one machine, but a machine of machines, several processes and functions happening all at once. But this vehicle, this modern marvel, this machine of machines cannot work as it's intended without maintenance and least of all, gas in the tank. This is true of our bodies. We cannot work as designed without care, maintenance, and nutrition. Our bodies are a miracle of a creation. Think about this. Engineers are constantly trying to find ways to sustain and maintain energy resources, creating better batteries and things like that. But our bodies are self-charging. Our minds work computations better than many supercomputers. But we need rest. We need time to recharge and refill. When we run on physical and emotional emptiness, we're sacrificing the only body we will get. Don't overwork yourself. Pull away before you pull apart. Personally, I'm trying to make this commitment to myself, this commitment to take time to refill and replenish, even when it seems inconvenient. Over the past couple of years, I've been to more funerals than I'd like to count. Funerals remind me of the fact that life is precious, but life is also finite. The value of life is not just in the number of days but the content of the days. Is there a time for emptiness? Sure. When we wake up each day, we may be full of rest and fully recharged, but we have an empty space in our mind that needs to be filled with insight and learning. And yes, you also have an empty belly. Take time to fill them wisely. If you're a person of faith, prior to studying scripture or prior to a worship experience, you need to work to empty yourself of yourself in order to receive what the Spirit says through the Word of God. Each day that we are given is an empty cup. It is a cup that must be filled in order to be substantive. How will you fill today with value? Make sure that what you do is productive. Activity isn't productivity. To be honest, we can do a whole lot of nothing sometimes. Don't just count the days. Make the days count. Fill a portion of your day with prayer. You need a time to consider your purpose for today, as well as how you're contributing to the purpose of your life.
Spend some time thinking and processing, as I like to call it. Spend some time serving. Take some time to recharge and replenish. As a matter of fact, I challenge you to think on these things for the next three weeks. I've heard it said that new habits take about three weeks to take effect. I believe at minimum you will feel a whole lot better. At times, we need to empty out a space in our lives for the addition of something else. Empty out your closet of those things that won't fit and you won't wear. Empty out your mind of those thoughts that distract you from your purpose. At times, we need to pour into others what has been poured into us, always keeping in mind that we cannot pour from an empty vessel. So be sure to refill yourself. I am so thankful for you. I'm thankful that you emptied a portion of your time and attention to share with me. I hope that I've added value to your day through this podcast. If I have, then be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you for sharing a word with Anthony Walker.